Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. is the number. Text me directly at 720-336-0897. I see phones and text lines are already lighting up. Appreciate that. It keeps the show moving along. Uh, It says, I texted in a couple weeks ago about my teenage son who's been cutting. He's a Christian, but deals with self-loathing and suicidal thoughts. My question is, should we seek counseling from a Christian counselor or from a pastor strictly from the Word of God? I don't want to confuse him or make things worse. I believe that it would be good to start with a pastor, and I also believe it would be okay to involve a counselor who is a Christian. And I agree with you. I don't want to bring any confusion so that if I do go to a Christian counselor, I want to make sure that they are a biblical counselor uh, and they're not going to uh, confuse my kid or even me with uh, humanistic psychology. Uh, And so I want to be careful there. Uh, because humanistic psychology it actually does have some value to it, and that is uh, the study of human nature is a very good thing. And those that, that are dedicating their lives to humanistic uh, training in psychology, just observational psychology, it's very powerful, uh, where you can determine behavior patterns and bad habits and such. But what I don't agree with, and I don't believe uh, can coincide with the scriptures, is some of the conclusions and, I guess you could say, prescriptions for solutions um, that come from humanistic psychology. And I believe that the Bible, that we've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, that's not to say that there aren't issues within the body that's physiological and such, but talking about getting to the root of your poor uh, son, and what's in his mind, uh, and and helping him to take every thought into captivity and listening to him. Um, I know you know this. I'm not saying it because you don't, but this is real serious stuff. And you parents that are listening in may not believe. Um, you may have some quick answers. You know, I know believers are real quick to, well, why don't he just abide in Christ? Why doesn't he just rebuke that sin? Why doesn't he just repent? And And while I do agree abiding in Christ is the solution, and while I do agree that this self-loathing and suicidal thoughts can cross over into the realm of sin, the pain and and difficulty and darkness is not necessarily sin. And how careful we need to be to sensitively, sensitively serve and minister to this young man and remind him of the value that he has in Christ Remind him of the love of God. Remind him that wherever he's getting his definition as he self-loathes, you know that self-loathing is a form of pride. It's a prideful response because you you love him as 
dad loves him, his siblings love him. I don't even know him and I love him in Christ and want to help him and see him grow. But you get into this cycle of bad thoughts. You need a, a gifted pastor and a gifted and perhaps even a gifted counselor that can walk around and help this brother out of the cycle that he's in because it is serious. And I speak from personal experience, um, not cutting, uh, not self-loathing, not even suicidal thoughts, but depression and darkness and out-of-control thoughts. You know, there's a season in my life, and and some of you may know, some of you may not know, but for context, six years ago, six and a half years ago, my son, Edward, uh, my namesake, uh, passed away. And uh, we didn't call him Edward. We called him Eddie. Um, None of us were actually called Edward. Um, That's why, by the way, when I get something in the mail that says Reverend Edward, I know either way people don't. That person that sent it doesn't know me. Um, But Eddie passed away, and it sent me on a a real deep depression. And then on top of that, there there were and still are some significant complications with human beings surrounding the loss of my son uh, that made me angry. Um, and even bitter at times, and and just you know, I think the best description of it, I well, it definitely wasn't self-loathing or suicidal, but it definitely was like that thought of I'm done, I'm done with this, and I don't know exactly where that thought would have taken me, but it was bad. I was in a deep dark place, but the you know anger was a part of it, uh, bitterness was a part of it, uh, unforgiveness was a part of it. Um, all of those have been dealt with a. a true death blow by the Lord, but the deeper emotion of all of that, those actually weren't the deeper emotions. The deeper emotion was sorrow, sadness, grief, um, and a deep, dark depression. And so you with your boy, um, he obviously has crossed a line in his own mind and heart of the difficulties that he's facing and of the hardships that he's going through. And um, I say you get him as the, all the help that he can get. And I agree, don't confuse them or make things worse. But your love for your I'm gonna, I'm going it doesn't say who texts this, but I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna guess that it's a mom. Um, but even if it's a dad, like you love your kid and you'll help him. So start with the pastor though. Start with a, a youth pastor, you know, if he's in a start with somebody I know our I know the the guys that serve with us, we 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 wanna step into the lives of your kids. However, we're always doing it in partnership. So don't, so let me add this and I'm going to pray for your son, for you, but don't ascribe the help that your son needs to only a pastor or to only a Christian counselor because it needs to be done in partnership with you. You have far more time with your kids than we do. And so we're going to partner with you and help you. Um, Email me, I'm going to have to look it up, but email me um, I know you're um, you're doing this by text, so I hope you're listening. Email me, and I'll send you a link to a resource we were using here for on cutting. Actually, we had two resources. Um, I I don't know if we have them in the bookstore or not, but we have two resources on cutting that that I could put into your hands. I can give you some links, and you can go get them. Um, I got resources on depression, sorrow, and you might want to read them because uh, number one to help your son, but also two to help you, so it doesn't. Uh, uh, doesn't wreck your life, you know, and you don't get depressed walking into the depression of your kid. So, Father, I just pray for this young man and their parent that text, and um, 
Would you please give him the help that he needs to get out of this downward spiral and protect him from himself and all the demonic spiritual warfare that's surrounding him right now? I'm just reminded as I'm praying, your word says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and and we, we wrestle um, against every high thing that, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So I pray for this family in Jesus' name. Amen. 303-690-3000. Let's see, do we have some phone lines? We do. We do. Stephen is calling from Aurora, Colorado. Stephen, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, So the question I had um, was intriguing. My wife brought to my attention. But before I brought that... um, before I asked that, I, I had a, a comment about a call yesterday, the very last call, and the woman okay. was talking about um, her being, uh, well, she wasn't confused, but other people, her family was confused about, you know, maybe grandma coming back and moving this object and moving that object. Yeah, and, I remember um, that call. And, uh, yeah, I thought you handled it very well. Um, so the thought came to mind, how would you relate that to, say, Samuel? You know, Saul was kind of inquiring what to do, and he conjured up a spirit, uh, a medium, and then Samuel actually came back from the dead. Um, is, was that just something that God had allowed to happen, just to, you know, show Saul? Yeah, so the interesting, the interesting thing about uh, Samuel uh, and, and that whole scenario is that uh, in bringing um, in in Elijah, you know, bringing somebody back, they're they're not they're not dead, and we actually have another example of of Moses and Elijah being with Jesus up on the Mount of Transfiguration. So so we know that in the sovereign plan of God, that he will he will allow um, at least in three occasions or at least two occasions three people. Um, or and, and even Jesus to come back from the dead and be resurrected to interact with people. Uh, and it says at the crucifixion, other people came out of the grave. So we know that we know that in the scriptures we have to look for things in two ways. One, what is normative? And w- number two, what is extraordinary or like a supernatural exception to the rule? For example, uh, let me give you another example uh, of that thought. Uh, the Bible says it's appointed once for a man to die, and then the judgment. And that sounds like an absolute statement, and it is an absolute statement, but it, can it be absolutely applied across the board, yes or no? Uh, yes. Actually, I would say no, because we have examples of people that didn't die. Like For example, Enoch was translated. There's no recording of him ever dying. Elijah was translated too. And so we have the normative... And I believe that, you know, percentage-wise, what God has revealed to us is that if there is any exception to it, it will be solely originated by God, uh, and it will be some redemptive purpose. It will be some redemptive purpose. But all we have is the examples in the past. You know, there's actually going to be a whole generation that doesn't die. Uh, And those, according to 1 Corinthians 15, it's those that meet the Lord in the air. They're going to be raptured up, and so there's going to be a whole generation that doesn't die. But that statement is absolute, and it is general, but God allows exceptions. And I think that when you look at the situation with Samuel, that was a redemptive um, exception in the life of Saul. But in reality, he didn't really die. He was, oh, he's always been alive. So it wasn't a visit like, like 
perhaps what was being described yesterday. Um, I would have had a harder time answering um, that sister's question if she had if it was a whole like narrative of yeah uh, we were praying and and God allowed my grandma to come back she preached the gospel my cousin got saved and do you think that's from the Lord and I'm like wow that would have been a harder question to answer than you know what the metaphysical weirdness that has no root no root nothing rooted in the scriptures you know that that a grandmother might come back as a butterfly or something like that that can't be possible so yeah, it's an interesting how you handle the scriptures. It's an interesting thing, but uh, I think that what yeah. you see with Samuel is a is an absolute redemptive exception by God that He is able to do because He is the one that uses life to for His redemptive purposes. He doesn't do it arbitrarily. Yeah. Yep, makes sense. Awesome. Okay, what do you got? So, um, so my wife was showing me something that we were reading in Genesis 1-3, um, and so God said, hey, um, then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light <clears throat> was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And so I always thought, okay, that's the time right there, and this was on the first day, that's the time right yeah. there that God created the sun, it would, it, it would appear, and then he created the sun, and then he created the earth later, uh, but then my wife pointed out to me, she's like, no, 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 keep going down. So then, you know, you go down to verse 116, it said, uh, and God made two great lights. The, the greater one he called uh, to rule the day, and the lesser one he called to rule the, the, the night, and he made the stars also. So that seems like a clear definition of the sun and the moon, and that's on the third day. Um, and then we looked up those words in the, <clears throat> in the Greek, and so, you know, the light in verse 1-3 is... Um, how is it pronounced? Or, and then the other light in in sixteen is ma ora. So they're two complete different words. One, the ma ora is more like kind of a physical kind of a light, like a lamp or even the sun. And then it would seem that ora is just like spiritual kind of examples in the Bible where it uses that word. But now I'm just like, what um, what do you think he means when he says, hey? Um, God said, let there be light. What is that light that he's consisting of? Could that be like maybe the, the heavens or maybe the angels or what's the difference? There? Well, we, we, know that, we know that light can exist without the sun because that's, what, that's the creative order, that light, that the sun is not the only source of light. Um, and another option in Genesis could be that Part of the creative purposes of God is that He did create the sun, but only only acknowledged and revealed it, or was it was created on the first day and only appeared or became visible later on the fourth day, uh, because we can see light on a cloudy day even when we can't see the sun. Um, but yeah. I I I kind of hold to that light was created before the sun, like God got and and on top of that, you know, there's the creative part of light in our creative world, but then. We also read in the scriptures that God himself is light. Um, he himself is light. He's the definition of light. And so when you look at Genesis 1, you just know that we're kind of ingrained by our, by our solar system and by our own, our own um, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, acknowledgement of the system that we live in. But God is beyond that system. And, and I don't, the sun isn't necessary in the creative purposes in order for light to be existent. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and I guess, and that's what my wife was saying. She's like, God could have been illuminating the light himself. Um, and I'm like, well, it seems like in three it says, yeah, he said, he let there be light. He created yes. the light. Yes. You know, so it doesn't seem like maybe it was coming from himself, even though I agree with you. He is all light. And, he, and I know that one day we won't need a sun because he will be the light for us all. That's right. But in, in a scientific realm, you know, Kevin, our um, our producer, is texting me and sh- telling me you don't need a star to have light. Uh, it, you don't need any element at all, not necessarily, with uh, in order to have light. Um, he says it's a byproduct of creating matter itself. Light could, light could have happened. Uh, he uses the example of mercury, mercury light bulbs. This guy's a genius, so maybe um, uh, he can talk to you during the break. But this is his world. <laughs> he knows he knows this stuff, but I think on a level where I, I'm not a very scientific guy, but on a level of a biblical, it, it is possible to have light before the sun. Uh-huh. Okay. Or it is so, possible uh, for the sun to exist and not to be seen, and then the creative order of the sun being taken out, being a subset of the light, and then being acknowledged as the light. But we, we know... We know that there's more than our solar system, so there's more light than what we're that's assigned to us in the sun. I was even thinking maybe too, because we're not really told um, when God created the angels, um, and it Correct. seems like there is a, a little bit of a void in, say, verse two. I think it is right when the earth was um, was void and without form. Uh, and then I've heard other pastors say, hey, that could have been the time uh, when maybe Satan fell and blah, blah, blah. And that's all speculation and everything like that. But I'm like, hey, yeah, we don't wouldn't have timing that be a cool notion? Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that be a cool notion if that light God created was maybe the angel? I mean, who knows? That's all speculation. But <clears throat> Yeah, I agree. Good, good insights, and uh, I, I love, I love to hear. It was kind of the uh, in in indirect part of your question, but I love to hear how husbands and wives are reading the Bible together, looking up words together, uh, talking about uh, wrestling with different ideas and sharing different points of view on the scriptures. That 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 is a blessing to my ears. Yeah. Oh, thanks. It's just something we need to do. And I'm specifically that's about right. me and my wife, even though everybody else too, but me and my wife, that's something we need to do more often, that's for sure. Awesome. All right, God bless you, man. All right, 303-690. I think we had some feedback. Sorry about that. Um, let me see here. We want to go to Carl in Golden, Colorado. Carl, welcome to the program. You're, you're um, welcome. Yeah, so Pastor and I was coming for with a prayer request for my okay. cousin. He's in a pretty dark situation, and he's under some pretty serious special. Um, he needs some deliverance. Um, so he came here to Colorado, back to Colorado, uh, for court dates, and has been making some of bad decisions and really destructive tendencies. Um, we're also dealing with addiction, um, and he also has been for a few years now. They've diagnosed him with epilepsy. Well, they've, they've been, I think, yeah, they diagnosed him with epilepsy this year. But I've okay. been around him when he has his episodes, and it basically is what you see in Luke chapter 9 with the epileptic, where he, he basically, it's like something takes over him, 
sometimes thrashes him around, has him do dangerous things. And so we've been realizing, my brother and I have been realizing he's is needing some major intercessory prayer as he recently now seems trying to destroy his life. He's threatening to kill himself. Um, so oh, we're, we're just want to lift him up in prayer and, um, okay. Yeah. Is it his possible is, uh, to mention his name? Yeah. Yes. His name is Jaden. Um, so yeah, we can lift up Jaden prayer and uh, he also Let's deals with, um, you know, sins of, of pride and addiction. And I also want to pray for mm-hmm. those things as well. Father, I pray for Jaden. Um, it's uh, it it sounds very difficult, and it sounds it, it makes my heart sink a little bit to hear what this this guy's going through. And so I, I pray right now, Father, that you would deliver him. The prayers of deliverance are based upon the blood of Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross, and His stripes. By His stripes, we receive healing. By His blood, we receive forgiveness. I pray, God, that through the finished work of Christ, that would be applied to Jaden. I pray that you would deliver him from his addictions and what they do to him and what kind of sinful habits they uh, de- deliver, Lord. Um, I pray for James as he um, is overtaken. His mind must be so tormented. I, I think of the ma- a guy that was in the caves. He was so tormented that they had him in the caves and they locked him up and people didn't want anything to do with him. But you delivered him and he had a clean mind. And your word says by in, in, our, in our salvation that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. So I pray that into James' life right now, Lord. And I pray for his cousin. Uh, I know that his cousin has a great love for him. And so I pray for Carl as he serves his family, as he loves his family, and he uh, stands in the gap for his family. Bless him and encourage him in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. God bless you, man. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. 303-690-3000. John is calling from Milliken, Colorado. John, welcome to the program. Uh, you got my name wrong. It's Chad, but that, that's fine. Um, huh. How's it going? I'm not doing too good on names today. <laughs> okay, Chad, what's going on? Um, so I I recently became a believer, if, if you want to say it that way. I, I was a make-believer for, you know, 20 years. And I, I found myself in a position where the, the work that I do is Saturday is really the only day I could I could go to church. And I'm online for Calvary Chapel that, that does a Saturday service. But I, yours is, you know, like an hour and 20 minutes away. But I see that. I, I think you do one. Is, is that correct? Yeah, we do have a Saturday night. Where's Milliken? Is it like up north? It's by Loveland. So, Loveland. Yeah, it's up north. And, and I don't mind. And I, I looked on the website for like um, Calvary Chapel Greeley and yes. Jefford. And then I looked for the Longmont one. And, and I keep looking and it's like, I think you might be the only one that does the, the Saturday service. And um, I was wondering if you know of any Calvary Chapel that's closer or... Yeah, I'm kind of working while you're talking. I'm I'm kind of staring into the space here, thinking down I-25, looking at where my friends are, and I really don't think there are any Saturday night services until you get to Aurora, uh, and then you get down into Castle Rock, and then you get down into the Springs. Uh, but yeah. most of the Calvaries are um, Sunday mornings. So, 
Um, is, it, is it you that does the, the service on Saturday? It is. Our, our Saturday night service is Great. identical to our Sunday morning. Right on. Um, and what, what time was that? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Okay. Uh, that's, that's the only question I had. Um, okay. Can I still can I still get a prayer for me though? Um, you sure can. I I've, I've been well. I was I was struggling with a lot of things in my life, um, a lot of sinful addictions, and I'm not not drugs, but like you know, sin in general. It became a habit, and it's a struggle to to fight that day to day. And I you know I, I try to pray all the time, and whenever I have a chance, to read my Bible before work, so I'm not like angry. And I don't know. Can you pray for <laughs> my anger issue? <laughs> Sure. Uh, and, and, anger and is uh, anger's anger's something that um, I I just did a Bible study on that it might be able to minister to you. Um, we we looked at the anger of Nebuchadnezzar and what a destructive emotion it is, but the power of God to overcome anger. And anger is something the Lord delivered me from. I'm very grateful for that. And the the beauty of of, you know, we have episodes because the Bible speaks about the outbursts of wrath, the flesh. But the good news that in the spirit, we are free from being controlled by anger. I love that. I love that. Uh, I love the work of God. So I'm going to pray that in your life. And I want to make sure okay, I got the you. right guy. It's Chad. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh, God right. knows either way, right? <laughs> yeah, he does. Father, I pray for my friend Chad as you are working in him a fresh new work and as he considers the work in your life, he sees himself as a newer believer and, and how grateful we are for that. And we, we lift up his personality to you, God, the, the good parts of it, that you would refine them and use them for your kingdom and for your gospel, but also the difficult parts of him, like anger and the sinful parts of them, that you would enable him to overcome and to walk in the freedom uh, that is yours and his by faith. And we just look forward to seeing him grow and hearing him, hearing of him grow as he's away from the things that were holding him back, that you would fill him with your spirit daily and that he would walk in the freedom and forgiveness that's his. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Pastor. You're welcome, bro. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, I think we might be coming up on the break. Let me see if um, we got two minutes. So I'll tell you what, Jeremiah in Denver, uh, we got two minutes, so instead of rushing your call, I'll make sure you're the first person uh, to take on the other end of the break. So I'll take a quick text question. Uh, that is, the text question is, I have a family member, a believer born again, but believes there's more books on Enoch that were taken out of the Bible. What can I share with her? Uh, email me. I'll send you an article on the topic of Enoch. But Enoch is considered a book that's in a category called pseudepigraphal. Uh, which are books that were falsely attributed, that claimed authorship that was never and couldn't be proven. Uh, and the, there are many books that claim to be written by Enoch, the great-grandfather of Noah, uh, but never able whatsoever to be proven. And because they weren't proven to be divine in origin, they're just books that were written, and they're not to be used for the life and relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And so we dismiss them. Uh, you have the pseudepigraphal books, and you have a category of books called apocryphal. And if you email me, you can email me at my personal email address, ed at edtaylor.org. It has to be .org. Uh, please remember to do that, 
ed at edtaylor.org. That's E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R at dot org. Ed at edtaylor.org. And I'll send you some articles. Just remind me of the question, and I'll send you some articles, all right? 303-690-3000. Coming up now on the uh, first and only break of the show, um, this is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. And you hear the music, and we will be right back on Calvary Live, originating from Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to today's program, second half. I can't, it's, I do this show all the time and I'm always amazed by how fast it goes, uh, how quickly it goes by. And we are back taking your calls. My name is Ed Taylor. It's uh, important. I, I forgot to do this the first show. We jumped right into the first half, I should say. We jumped right into the phone calls and texts. But uh, Grace FM is a radio network here in Colorado. It's based out of and is a ministry of uh, Calvary Church in Aurora. It's uh, basically two full-power FM stations uh, that cover about 80, that's 80%, of Colorado's population, primarily because it covers the entire Denver area, which is where most of Colorado's population is. Um, as the population spreads, it also has a powerful signal east on the eastern plains. And we also have a second station down in Colorado Springs. Unfortunately, it's not as powerful as the one up here in the metro area, but it is a good signal and it does cover all of Colorado Springs. It's not entirely strong, but we invested in it. And we're hoping one day to upgrade it and trade it into a more powerful station color, covering the springs. And this is where uh, it's a ministry. It's not a, we're not a professional corporation radio station. We're a church, and this is a ministry of our church. And one of the things that we provide, besides 24-7 radio uh, broadcast, Bible teaching and worship, is this live show that right now is covered primarily by three senior pastors. Uh, on Mondays, my friend, Pastor Nick Cady, uh, is the host. He pastors Whitefield Community Church up in Longmont. On Tuesdays and Fridays, my friend, Pastor Jeff Figs, he is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel in Greeley, Colorado. And then I have the privilege of, past of doing the show Wednesdays and Thursdays, and my, my, the, I have the privilege of being the pastor of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. And those of you listening to this on another station, uh, if you're listening to it on Hope FM or Truth FM or a local station in your community, we just want to welcome you to the family. We're grateful that you're a part of it. We're grateful that you tune in. And the thing I always want to remind you of is that if you're listening on Grace FM, this is live. Unless there was a statement that says it's an encore presentation, which for holidays and when our snow days and offices are closed, we do encore presentations. But if you don't hear that note, then this is live. 
And if you call in, you are live on the air throughout Colorado from Cheyenne, Wyoming, down south uh, near the Pueblo border. And you're hearing it live. But on any other station, uh, besides the Grace FM app or 897-1017, any other station, you're hearing it one week delayed. Which is kind of cool, actually, because that means when you call, anytime the show is on, you can call. Someone will answer to your phone, take your question, you'll be on the air. But if you're listening to a station other than Grace FM, you'll hear it a week later. So you can tune in next week and hear yourself on the radio, which is kind of cool. And that's how we do it. We don't have sophisticated technology to, to feed all the stations, you know, and give them the light feed and stuff. I'm sure we could do it, but we just don't have the infrastructure uh, or the people. You know, um, Kevin has already got a full plate in all that he does in managing and uh, as operations manager. And and so we're, we're happy with the way it is. So welcome. We're just glad you're part of our family. Tell somebody about Calvary Live. Uh, it's not your typical Bible answer show. It's more pastoral, although we will answer Bible questions, of course, and we will use the Bible to address the issues, yes, but we're not going to argue. We're not going to, we're not going to do, we're not going to give you a platform to, you know, make a make a big deal about some secondary matter um there are other stations and shows you could do that on you're just not going to do it here but we'll pray for you encourage you we'll answer bible questions and and uh, what a privilege to be a part of what god's doing in your life 303-690-3000 is the number so we've got jeremiah i think was waiting patiently so let's go back to Jeremiah in Denver. Hey, what's up, Ed? Hey, man, what's up? <clears throat> I'm not sure. <clears throat> I'm not sure if you would remember me or not, but I I remember you your... by your voice. Yes, I thought you might. <clears throat> um. Anyways, I'm uh, calling because I just recently got divorced. And it's been extremely hard on me, and I'm uh, trying to cope with everything and trying to just keep from being depressed. Uh, my uh, my wife cheated on me with several people, and uh, you know I found out about it, and I tried to still make things work and. She decided she wanted to continue to cheat and uh, had a boyfriend and everything. And so I decided to file for divorce. And uh, she pretty much kicked me out of the house and had her new boyfriend move in like the day that I moved out. And uh, it's just been really hard uh, emotionally. And uh, I, I just. Uh, struggling a lot and uh needs to provide some prayer okay well let's do that father i'm praying for my brother jeremiah in the depth of difficulty that he's in right now i pray god that you would prevent him from going to alcohol or drugs or things that would make things worse in his life with this pain but like his desire to follow you lord that would be the you would feed that desire you would feed that in his life and remove the the pain literally 
Remove the pain from his life, God, and bring about a strength that is supernatural. Uh, bring about a, a, a hope that is rooted in you, Christ, uh, not in circumstances. And to bring about a daily, moment-by-moment, moment, abiding strength in his life that he would surrender his heart and his soul to you, moment-by-moment, day-by-day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, Jeremiah, it's times like these where God calls us back to a simple faith. To us, you know, things get reduced. They're not so complicated anymore down to a, you know, I would think I like to refer to it like a Acts 242 type of life where Jeremiah chooses to stay uh, steadfast in the apostles doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And that's the key. And I'm sorry you're going through this. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. And we're taking your calls and your questions. And if you hear a little echo, uh, we're, we're, we know about it. We're trying to fix it. Um, the echo is may just be in my head. But whenever there's a caller on the line, the echo starts. Whenever that line is open, it's nothing right now. But whenever we're talking to someone, it seems to... And, you know, you just... Technology is our friend uh, uh, until it's not. <laughs> until it doesn't work. And then we get so frustrated over technology. I mean, we don't touch any knobs or nothing. And thing, one thing works one minute and doesn't work the next. But praise God, we get to use it for His glory. 303-690-3000. Craig is next. Craig in Timonium, Maryland. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Pastor Hey, Craig, welcome to the program. Thanks, Pastor Red. I I appreciate your your, uh, insight into God's Word, and I know that is... I know that is spiritually fed to you, and... uh, and I really appreciate the way you um, you feed us out here in cyberspace. Also, well, thank you. I, I You're welcome. To What's your, up? Yeah, I listen to your particular services at nine thirty at night here in yeah. on the East Coast. Um, you know, uh, I listen on Hope FM, and yes. I just uh, really appreciate that. I have a question here, Pastor Ed. Okay, uh, Genesis Genesis chapter one. The verse is number 26, when, when God said, Let us make man in our, in our own image, after our likeness. Now, you and I, and many others, know that he's talking to Jesus. I mean, he's talking to the Trinity at that point. Correct. The, yeah, the question I have is, um, the Jewish scripture, which is the Torah, um, how I mean, it, it, it does it say the same thing in the Torah? Are the words exactly the same? And is the word "us," you know, make man in our image? Is that is that in that scripture also? It is. Now, when when we're witnessing to to the Jews, how 
how have you found that, that the Jews have responded to that? Um, you know, our, our knowledge, our insight, our, you know, uh, the, the blinders are off our eyes, but they're not off the Jewish people's eyes. How, how have they responded to that statement in your experience? In my experience, I haven't had the privilege of leading a personally on a personal level. We've had, we've had men and women, the Jewish men and women in our church, respond to the gospel, you know, corporately. But on a personal level, I've never had the privilege of praying with uh, a Jewish uh, person to receive their Messiah. Uh, but in gen- I can say in general, you're right. There, there are in general talking to an unbeliever and talking to even more so a Jewish unbeliever is like trying to describe the rainbow to a blind person. Uh, it's very challenging. It's very difficult. And it can be very frustrating. But at the same time, um, we have a precious blind sister in our church. Her name is Bianca. Uh, there's actually a couple of people in our church that are blind. And I know that when I minister to Bianca, she likes to sit on the front row of our church and uh, when I minister to her, I'm very careful. I'm very sensitive. I am cautious. I don't want to surprise her when I walk up on her. I, if I'm trying to describe something to her, I'm very, I'm mindful in my mind of being uh, sensitive to the, the her inability to use some comparisons. You know, I can't say, "Oh, the the sky was so blue today, Bianca." She would say, "Blue like what? Like what do you? What is blue?" Well, you know, blue like uh, the Dodgers, you know, the Dodgers uniform. And she's like, what? I've never seen the Dodgers u- uniform. And um, and so I have to be sensitive to that. And as we're ministering to our Jewish friends and our Gentile friends that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we always just got to remember, some people plant and some people water, but it's God that gives the increase. And when I do share with my Jewish friends, I love to take them to their own scriptures and talk to them about the prophetic insights that God gives of the coming Messiah. Uh, and then point to, because most Jews acknowledge that Jesus was a historical figure. They just don't acknowledge that he was deity and that he died and rose again. But like most people on the planet, they, the, the acknowledgement of Jesus as a historical, real, true person that lived and walked on the planet is, you know, is incontrovertible. You know, it's true. Uh, but it's... It's challenging, as we're sharing with them, that because we can see the sky, we're like, of course it's blue. But for a blind person, they're like, what's the sky? And what is blue? And what is Dodger blue? And and we just have to be very careful and very sensitive and allow the Word of God to do its work, right? Because the Bible, remember Paul said in Romans chapter 1, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And so we got to keep, we got to keep focused on the gospel, focused on the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because that's how three thousand Jews were saved on the day of Pentecost, was through that simple message of the gospel through Peter's lips. How are, how are they taught in their synagogue? I mean, how are you know, because I don't attend. You know, I don't go and attend there. So I'm trying to. I'm trying to learn. Um, uh, you know, Jesus was very inclusive, and I'm. I'm trying to be, have that mindset also. And um, well, so, I, know, I don't know because I. I don't either attend um, synagogue services or 
I don't, I don't know, uh, except to say that from what I've been told and what I've read, they are teaching these passages as if Messiah is still to come. But they believe Messiah, and there's a lot of different schools of Judaism, a lot of different rabbis that they follow, and very similar to Roman Catholicism, the rabbinic traditions actually take priority over the Word of God, just like the traditions of man within Roman Catholicism can trump what the Bible says, and they can take it off. You know, even in the day of Jesus, there was great debate over divorce and remarriage, and it was directly related to different rabbinic traditions, and there are many rabbinic traditions. As a matter of fact, if for those that are coming to with us in February to Israel, you will see pictures, and I forget his name, but you will see pictures all throughout Jerusalem of a bearded man who has died that many people in Israel today believe is Messiah. And they worship him as Messiah. Uh, it's fascinating what, what we'll do when we're blind. Um, for me, I didn't follow a false Messiah when I was blind. I just got drunk and partied and destroyed my life and everybody that loved me. So it's amazing what people do when they're blinded. Yeah, but isn't it amazing how God uses uses people after they have been broken to serve him. Yeah. It is amazing. Amazing grace. I was just recording some things for our daily uh, radio broadcast, and that was one of the questions, just talking about the amazing grace of God. And, and I can't help but be overwhelmed to think of God's rescuing power in my life. I mean, I literally, and I know we all do, but I have a keen sense of literally owing my physical human life on more than one occasion to the grace of God. Well, God, you know, God has certainly used you as, as a, a wonderful witness uh, for His glory, and I want to thank you, and I want to uh, just lift you up, because there are many times over this last year where you have used a word from God through you to, uh, to speak to me, and I just thank God for you. Well, grateful for that, man. I'm, and I really thank Pastor Bill Lupkeman for allowing us to be on the station out there. Um, he is a good friend of mine, and and he is a radio. He's not only a great pastor, but a radio guru. And there's a lot of rewards in heaven awaiting Pastor Bill Lupkeman for his faithfulness behind the scenes with Christian radio, especially with Calvary Chapels, because he's helped us tremendously. Well, I, I listen. I listen to all. All the pastors. I have this on this, this station on all the time, and I just uh, I just find it to be a, a blessing. Thank you so much. Well, thanks God for calling, you. my brother. Yes, sir. Bye bye. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. And thank you guys for all the partnership out in New Jersey, Maryland. Uh, pray for my brother who's pastoring in Baltimore. Pray for my friends that are all throughout New Jersey. Um, Jim Kevney. Um, Pastor Lloyd Pulley, um, of course, uh, Bill Lupkeman. Pray for all my friends in New York. Uh, on the, I, I've just been so honored to develop new friendships with pastors all up and down the East Coast. So a shout out to the peeps that are serving God. And even if I don't know you and you're a pastor, I love and appreciate you. I love and appreciate your wife and your children that are standing with you. I love and appreciate your faithfulness as a pastor, even some of you working a full-time job in pastoring a church, uh, full-time job in teaching the kids, full-time job in 
leading the youth. Thank you for your faithful service, for your day in and day out commitment to the Word of God and to the flock of God. It is noticed, even if it's not appreciated. I was speaking with a pastor today, earlier today, a friend of mine from Canada, uh, who received a really nasty uh, letter of criticism. Multiple pages, 15 plus pages. Um, my heart was broken that someone would think 15 pages of caustic criticism would um, be beneficial for the kingdom. And what it did to sink my brother's heart and his wife and his kids, just ridiculous. Um, in the early days, I used to read letters like that and try to defend myself and try to reason with someone, but I don't read them anymore. Um, if you sent me a 15-page letter um, I'm not of criticism, I'm not reading it. Um, if you have valid, and, and I would encourage you pastors, don't be defiled by it. Um, if there's a real issue, then there are real ways to handle that. And remember, we don't write letters of criticism to destroy a person. We are gathering together to solve a problem. And the the people that are offended are the are the people that are uh, the people that are involved are the ones that need to solve it. Not somebody, not some third party, but the ones that are. If there's a repentance, then there will be demonstrated repentance. But I would encourage you, pastors, just don't even read the letter. If they don't want to solve a problem, then don't read it. Just throw it away or delete it. You know, in the old days, if it was an anonymous letter, we could just shred it. But now with email and people create these fake email accounts, I just saw somebody created a fake Instagram account uh, to hassle uh, my family. I'm like, come on, man. It ain't going to work. Uh, not going to work. Ain't going to happen. And uh, God is our protector. But they create fake email accounts, fake Instagram accounts, fake Facebook accounts. Some people go, oh, I don't need to be fake. I'll just be a jerk in your face. I'll be critical into your face. You know, like, you know, I, I don't have capacity for it anymore. And maybe I never should have. Jesus, it says, didn't commit himself to people because he knew all men. And, and so there's just a more productive way to build the kingdom than to tear down one another. And I don't know, this is heavy on my heart. Not for me personally. Uh, don't misunderstand me. Not for me personally today, but for my friend in Canada. Or Canada. <laughs> He's such a great brother. I love him. Um, I was thinking of uh, this passage. And it's not my opinion. You know, I mean, it is my opinion, but it's been developed by the scriptures. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, um, verse 14, it says, jot it down. Galatians 5.14, for all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. And so I'm not biting and devouring back. I'm not answering it. I'm not responding to it. In many ways, I'm not reading it. Um, I'm not going there. If there's real repentance, then I'll enter into dialogue. But I won't present myself to uh, being criticized and beat down and, and lie spread. I just won't do it. Uh, and I would commend you not to do it either, uh, to have healthy boundaries around your life that you can hear from the Lord. And you go, Ed, but is that biblical? It's 100 million percent biblical. Yes. Jesus was, he was a single focused man. And our, our you know, Jesus taught us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
And so, well, should I read this 15-page letter that says all these bad things about me and my family? Is, is it going to help you to seek first the kingdom of God? Nope. Then delete it. Block them. Don't allow the caustic toxicity into your life. You, you are under no obligation to be abused verbally, physically, in under no obligation. And in the body of Christ, um, I've seen it. It's unfortunate. I've seen pastors not enforce the Bible and not bring people to a standard of the scriptures. Um, pastors that I know personally that refuse to step in and say, this is what the Bible says and you must repent or you will not be allowed in fellowship. But instead they, oh, we're so gracious and we're going to be loving and it's okay. They'll, we'll, we'll take care of them in our church. No, that's, that's false shepherds that aren't speaking for God. And, um, and to allow that and perpetuate it and, and not require repentance is not being a good shepherd, period. Got a text question real quick uh, about the Eastern Gate uh, or the Gate Beautiful. Uh, let me get back to it. Is there any connection, correlation, the Golden Gate uh, or, I, or the Eastern Gate? Um, and so check this out. Um, uh, it's one of the, when we stand up on the Mount, Mount of Olives looking down on the eastern wall of Jerusalem, um, there's the, of course, the Dome of the Rock, there's the uh, Mosque of Omar, there's the Temple Mount there, there's the uh, Islamic Cemetery that's on the hillside, and then the gate. Um, and there's great significance in the gate. Um, it's the oldest gates, the gate that Jesus rode through. Uh, the Eastern Gate, the Gate Beautiful on Palm Sunday. And according to Ezekiel chapter 44, God prophesies that the Eastern Gate will be closed and not reopened until Messiah returns. So in 1517, when the Turks conquered Jerusalem, Suleiman the Magnificent uh, built the city walls, rebuilt them in order. Check this out. Suleiman the Great ordered, excuse me, the Magnificent, I got it wrong. Ordered the eastern gate to be sealed with stones and build an Islamic or a Muslim cemetery on the site, uh, prohibiting a Jew from going through the cemetery and walking through that gate. And the goal was to prevent Messiah from entering into the gate. Now, the original gate is actually underground. And one thing that Suleiman probably wasn't familiar with is that when Jesus returns, he is... He returns on the Mount of Olives and and brings a great earthquake and splits it and splits the area in two. So you got the valley there, and then it'll be split in two, uh, perpendicular to the valley. And walking through the gate will not be a problem um, at all. But it does Ezekiel forty four, um, you know, Revelation nineteen. Jesus returns victorious, military conqueror. In Isaiah sixty one, it says Jesus is going to return from the east. Zechariah fourteen, he's going to touch ground on the Mount of Olives. And Psalm twenty four says to lift up your heads and look for Messiah to return. So yes, it has significance. I love that's one of my favorite teachings, and that's about as far as we do. We only do Devo teachings in Israel because my philosophy as a leader is you can get Bible studies a million times, but you can't experience Israel a million times. So we just do devos. We kind of point people out, and that's one of the devos we do up on the Mount of Olives. We rent uh, a guy's backyard that's right there, has a beautiful view. Some people stand in the cemetery below, which is fine. It's perfectly okay, but we have a time of worship in this guy's backyard. Uh, We rent it from him. And, and then we, we talk a little bit about the Mount of Olives, the Dome of the Rock, but the gate is, I love to point out the gate. And I also love to point out um, the truth about uh, Bethany and, 
and the the transfiguration, uh, or excuse me, not the transfiguration, but the uh, translation, um, Jesus going into heaven after his resurrection, um, and some of the misconceptions there. So Israel, I wish you can go with us. Right now our trip is full, but there might be a couple openings coming up. Uh, so we'll figure it out and let you know if there is. 303-690-3000 is the number. I think we're just about out of time for the show today. Uh, so I am very, very sorry that I couldn't get to Angie uh, or Natasha or Phil. Uh, we only got a couple minutes left and uh, we're not going to be able to take your calls. So I appreciate the call, but please call back. show will be on tomorrow uh, and same time. Come on out to Calvary Church this weekend. We are on a we're in the study of Hebrews verse by verse. I don't know if your church has ever taught the book of Hebrews, but we are committed to teach through the Bible. We've been in Hebrews for quite some time, verse by verse, and we're on a two-part study on why you can trust the Bible. Because in verse 3 of chapter 11, it says that we understand um, that God created the world by his voice, you know, spoken into existence. And then somebody comes, well, wait a minute, how do you know that God created the heavens and earth? And we say, well, because the Bible said so. And then how do you know the Bible's true? Because God said so. And then they say, well, how do you know God said so? And you say the Bible and on and on. And what they do is they accuse you of circular reasoning. So I we dedicated last week and this week to the, asking the question, why you can trust your Bible? Because I want you to know there are valid substance, there is a valid substance to your faith. And so come on out. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.